Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Thrifty Marketer Podcast. This May, we are celebrating Mental Health Awareness Month. Today we will be discussing mental health, how to prioritize during difficult times. Our guest today is Smriti Joshi, lead psychologist at WISA. She will be sharing her insights on how to handle anger, uncertainties, self-love and more. Let's listen to Smriti. So uh, this month, I thought, you know, uh, I, I, I started the show to introduce SMBs to the world, but on the way, I had a lot of detours and I started bringing in individuals who are very different, you know, individuals who are uh, kind of doing amazing work in their field and I wanted to talk to them, I wanted to gain knowledge from them, I wanted to ask them a lot of questions. So that's how the detours kept happening. So this month, uh, it's Mental Health Awareness Month, if you're not aware of it. Uh, So I wanted to dedicate this month to mental health. So what I mean by that is I'm going to bring amazing guests who are doing stellar work, helping people with their mental health and developing tools, technologies, practices around improving mental health, etc. So uh, who am I to speak about it, right? Uh, So I had to do some reading. So I did some research over here. So when I searched about, you know, every every one of us have our own bouts of depression and, you know, our struggle, anxiety, etc, etc. I'm pretty sure there is nobody who is sane in today's world. It's impossible to stay that way, right? We have a lot of distractions, we have a lot of things. So I, I, when I was doing my research, I could find out that 7.5% of Indians suffer from some mental disorder, right? It's, it's, it's kind of crazy to believe it because, you know, it's still a stick, there's a stigma attached to this in the country, right? When I went to see a psychologist last year, when I told my parents that I went to, so my, my mom was like, are you mad or what? Why do you want to go to see a psychologist? You are perfectly all right. So that is how our parents still react to all this, right? And 56 million Indians suffer from depression. You know, it's 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 not a, a silly matter to push off, uh, pull it on the carpet and move on. It's a serious, serious issue. 38 million of all of, of us suffer from anxiety disorder, right? These are alarming stats if you ask me. And Indians account for 36.6% of global suicides, right? So we we know that, you know, these these times are tough, right? We all are going through COVID-19. First wave came and I never had any of my friends telling me that my friend is having COVID or my father is having COVID, etc. But now, whenever a phone call comes, I'm worried. What kind of news somebody's going to share with me? And we are so helpless, you know. From uh, I've been working with some volunteers to arrange a lot of things for a lot of strangers, you know, people I may never meet. A lot of people passed on, thank you, sir. I got the oxygen on time, etc. It's wonderful. But there are, again, a huge amount of negative news hitting us every day. All right. Having shared all these statistics, when you look at the support for all of us, it's, it's, a, it's in a real bad shape, right? For example, in India, the percentage of psychiatrists and psychologists available are 0.3% and 0.07%. Whereas the ideal ratio should be around 3%, desired ratio. So that's why I thought this month, let's talk to people who know the subject. Let's hear it from them. Let's note down some points which they will share with us and try to implement that in our lives so that we all can remain strong mentally resilient. We can at least uh, attempt to be mentally resilient. So today, I have one of the fantastic people who are working in this field for a very, very long time. So I have Smriti Joshi with me. She's a lead psychologist at Wysa.io, the world's first mental health chatbot with code support. She has been working in the area of mental health since the year 2000. That is 21 years, guys. She's an expert in tele-mental health service delivery, has worked in various settings as in schools, NGOs, private clinic settings, online delivery of mental health services. Her experience consists of building effective teams, including recruitment and training for mental health service delivery and using online modes like telephone chat, etc. 
She also offers training, content guidance, and professional development in the area of online delivery of mental health services. She conducts a lot of lectures and workshops in areas dealing with children and adolescents, parenting, marital issues, women issues, care counseling, and work-life balance. So without further ado, let me just bring her on. Hey, Smriti, uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Am I audible? Yes, yes, you are audible. You are audible. Okay. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, as good as one can in these uh, circumstances. I think one day at a time is the best way I can uh, describe it. You know, taking one day right, at a time. Right. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much for taking time out and agreeing to do this. And I'm, I'm honored that you're here. So, uh, Smriti, just to give you a background, you know, the, the format of the show is like we, I have curated a set of 10 to 12 questions around mental health, around your experience, about VISA, etc. etc. So, if you're ready, we can start off. Absolutely. Let's uh, roll with it. All right. Uh, you know, the first thing, as I was uh, uh, talking in the this, uh, you know, introduction, mental health is one of the areas most of us take for granted, you know. So why do you think it is, it is a common tendency among all of us? I think um, uh, it, it's not, let me first say that it's not something that just uh, we do it here in India. I think it's something right. that happens across the globe. Maybe here it's a little more than the other parts of the world. Uh, we all have mental health, just like we have physical health. We all have mental health. And there's a distinction between mental health and mental having a mental illness. A lot of people associate the word mental, even if we say mental health, with uh, something coming to their attention only when uh, they think when there's a mental illness, one has to be conscious about taking care of their mental health. But just like we take care of our diet, exercise, sleep every single day, you know, to feel physically healthy, uh, we need to take care of our mental health in similar ways. And one cannot separate the mind from the body, frankly, uh, like they say, a healthy mind and a healthy body and vice versa. Right. right. So even if people uh, are taking care of their physical needs to some extent, they're already taking care of their mental health. But when they become more conscious about mental health, that yes, um, if I'm feeling a little different today, I've had my food, I've slept well, but still there is something that is different today. Maybe I need to try and change something in my routine. Maybe I need to try and give a break. Uh, you know, I need to take frequent breaks in my work. Anything uh, that seems to be adding to their um, stress levels or making them feel upset, not so good, even on days when they feel physically fine means, yes, it's a signal that you just need to start taking care of your mental health as well. Um, it's invisible, you know, uh, with physical health, uh, it's all visible. You feel weak, you feel sleepy, but what are the signs that one can think of uh, to remind us that we have mental health and we need to look after it? The thinking of those signs would be very helpful. On, on, yeah, that's that's perfect. We cannot uh, get, you know, we sometimes most of us I don't think understand if something is wrong with our thinking or maybe our routine, etc., etc. Absolutely. All right. So you know, uh, next thing I want to ask is, you know, all of us have never seen tougher times than the current what's happening right now. So why should why should all of us make mental health a priority during times like? Um, I would say that uh, right now it is uh, one of those times, uh, unprecedented, nobody could predict this would happen. It's very unfortunate as well. And again, bringing that comparison of physical health and also over here that uh, we do not start working towards uh, building a good physical health when there is a calamity or a disease. Right. Uh, we are constantly working on building our stamina, making sure we're eating well, we're exercising, we're sleeping, we're doing some things to take care of our basic needs to be able to, uh, so that the body is prepared to fight with any such unprecedented events that happen to the body, like a fever, an illness, or something like that, right? The immunity. Similarly, if we have good psychological immunity, we'll be able to deal with the difficult times better. Uh, no one can predict what can happen five years down the line or as of now, the scenario, we can't even predict what's going to happen the next week, you know. Right. And um, if uh, we are not taking care of our physical and mental health, um, we are letting ourselves get affected. There is no way 
to stop that effect. But if you're not taking care of what's happening to us at this point in time, it's only going to make the coming days more difficult. So as simple as something like that, we need to build this immunity, this resilience to be able to deal with difficult days better, to be able to take all those decisions that we are having to take right now, uh, to be able to deal with all the kinds of unfortunate news, events coming our way. Uh, it's very important that we take care of our mental health specifically in these days. Absolutely, completely understand that. Right. So, you know, uh, other, other thing which I want to ask you, all of us are dealing with a lot of uncertainty in our days, be it health, uh, career, uh, relationships, etc. etc. What is your advice for everyone who is facing such kind of uncertainties at the moment? I wish I had the right answer, the perfect answer to that. You know, um, I lost my dad in Jan. Uh, I was here in uh, with him in, uh, our, in, the, in the hometown for three months with him and uh, said a very nice health, goodbye to him. Uh, and he was healthy. He came to wave goodbye to me when we were leaving. And I had not thought that after four days he would not be there. Right. I had to fly back to my hometown because uh, he just decided to leave. Right. So. I mean, and I'm sure this has happened with so many people right now. Currently, the way the illness has happened, the way uh, our relatives, our loved ones are going away uh, in a very unfortunate, very untimely way. The uncertainty is something that's really right in our face right now. And um, uh, like I said, I wish there was a perfect answer to it because there is none. Uh, humans have survived through a lot of catastrophes like this before also. And what has helped, what research says has helped is to try and focus on what one can control versus what is out of one's control, right? Yeah. So for example, if I imagine myself in uh, the middle of two concentric circles and the first circle that surrounds me is the circle of my control. And it has all those things that I can directly control. For example, uh, my diet, my sleep, what to whatever extent I can, and with the help of whatever aids I can, uh, my exercise routine, my conversations, how am I dealing with my feelings? Am I reaching out for help to someone if I am dealing with difficult feelings? What I cannot control is he's not wearing that mask. What is what is the government doing about this? Why are people not bothered? Why are why is the oxygen not available? So these are valid questions. These also lead to a lot of difficult emotions like anger. And those are valid feelings. We all, if if we wouldn't be questioning, I would be surprised why aren't we questioning? Or if these times don't make us concerned and worried, I would be concerned more about that. Why is it not worrying you? Because in some ways, worry or anxiety plays a useful role. It helps us prepare well for these times. For example, at least when I step out, I will make sure that I'm carrying my sanitizer and I'm wearing my mask and I'm wearing a double mask as well. It's because I'm concerned. And that concern is coming from that anxiety about the uncertainty. I don't, what if I fall sick? What if my relatives fall sick, right? So something to remember is to stay in the here and now, to not, uh, uh, kind of venture out on social media platforms and listen to a lot of news, stay away from there. Uh, only dip, uh, go to reliable sources like WHO or some other reliable sources that are there for people. And just focus on each day as it comes because that is the only thing we have control on. Absolutely. Focus on what you can, what you have control on. That's absolutely fantastic advice. All right. So uh, you just, uh, I'm so sorry to hear about your dad, uh, by the way. Uh, you know, even even my mother-in-law passed away ten days ago, so I can I can understand what you're going through. So you know, um, loss. Yeah. So loss of someone we love, even even a lot of people are losing their job. All these things can build up a lot of anger in people. You know. So I've, I've been hearing, I've been with conversation with a lot of my friends and extended colleagues, etc. There's a lot of pent-up anger. So how does one See, we've all been dealing with so many changes because of this outbreak. Uh, we've lost so much. I think um, anger, All I always see anger as the tip of the iceberg. 
uh, it is not the primary emotion. There are many other things which are bringing it up, but what we feel is anger. Right. So they could be pain, they could be frustration, they could be grief, um, they could be helplessness about right. the entire situation. That gives rise to anger, um, and it's important to validate that because if you feel if we feel sh uh, you know ashamed or guilt about feeling angry in these times and not being able to do about it, it is not going to help those underlying feelings which are giving rise to this anger. So it's very important to address the anger, that it is basically an expression of all these feelings. It is letting us know where we are right now with our those particular feelings, and it's time that we respond to those feelings. And uh, something that uh, one can remember is uh, an acronym called RAIN. So R, recognize when you're angry and identify its presence in your body. Uh, people would always feel the anger first before uh, they spell it out or before they take that step of breaking the glass or you know getting into the destructive side or a yeah. passive aggressive side. So you would feel it somewhere in your body. You'll feel your fists clench or you'll feel your jaws getting tight. So recognize where you're feeling it in your body, right? Then the second one is accept that the anger is there and it is perfectly all right to be angry. There's nothing wrong with being angry. But how do I, how am I responding to that feeling is more important. Am I acting on an impulse because of it? Or, uh, you know, kind of uh, nurture that anger in a way that, imagine that if you had that inner child inside you, and if the child was feeling really angry, what would you tell that child? Yeah. How would you address those need, you know, needs for that child? So that would be a lot of compassion for yourself that I think the times are such, there's so much out of control. I wish things could be better. And this is all, these things are actually what is pushing up this anger. And I need to work with these feelings. And that is how I will address the feelings of anger. But invalidating anger and it, it holds true for not just myself if i see my partner upset or angry it's the same thing that i need to do even with them you know rather than reacting to why are you like this and i know there are a lot of short, short circuiting happening in most of the families right now because of the lockdown shared workspaces with children with parents staying with us so it's a difficult time so even if there are moments where we have a slip slip down the road right. where we do take it out in, on someone and you realize you've done it, go and talk about it to the other person that, hey, I was feeling like this and I'm sorry that I did that. I really didn't mean that. I think also being very honest about your feelings and communication are some ways to uh, work if the anger is impacting your relationship as well. Right, right. Well, that's, that's absolutely, uh, you know, valid points there. Right, so, uh, you know, I, uh, next question, again, you know, I just wanted to go uh, touching upon the kind of grief which people are going through. Many of us are grieving, um, again, losses, like loved ones, jobs, and many other things happening around. What is your advice to folks who are in pain and in grief? You know, what, what, what is your advice? Uh, I'm going through one, so I can share what's helping me. Um, and the advice that my therapist given me, you know, I'm seeking help for it because I know it's a difficult time and it, it gets overwhelming to manage so many things that you're anyways managing on a daily basis in a different way than before. And then there, there, there are these uh, events which are impacting our lives even in a worse way, I would say the most uh, unimaginable ways. Grief is something that is going to stay for a while. You know, there's no way we can fight it. There's no way we can push it away. There are stages in grief. Stage the you know the first few stages could be like denial and disbelief and anger. Like when I lost my dad, I was finding who could I blame for it? Is it the doctor who did not reach? Is it the ambulance who did not reach in time? Why did my dad not tell me? Why did he not tell anyone what he was going through? So there was a lot of anger. And I would sit on his bed, I was open his cupboard, I would look at his clothes and I would be like you know, it's the physical presence that's missing. Everything else is here around me. Right. And as, there's no way you can uh, kind of fight it out. One has to live with it. Right. Uh, one has to live with the absence of that person. And I think that is grief. Grief cannot be taken away, but grief gets us into a new phase of our life where we have to adapt to a new way of living without that person. And that acceptance can take time. And in that time, again, what helps is a lot of nurturance for self, 
a lot of self compassion where we uh, at least agree on this point that there is no way i can bring this person back or there's no way i can at least if it's regards to the job there's no way i can go back to that job but does it mean it's the end of uh, opportunities for me you know uh, it's a different scenario when you lose a loved one and when you lose a job uh, because uh, one may find a job again but the loss of a loved one is not replaceable like that so um, i think with the love, you need to allow that space like if if you get injured somewhere really badly you know that wound takes time to heal and we have to give it the time i cannot hurry it up i think that's something to remember but if it extends beyond say 8 months to a year for an adult or a child then it's definite and it's impacting your sleep appetite mental health in ways where uh, you stop doing all those other things which were giving you some source of joy achievement then it means you're heading towards impairment the mental health is getting affected and it's time that you seek help for it it is not necessary again like we wait for that moment to come where we absolutely get into that phase uh, mental health support is not for people who have mental illness or for whom the grief transforms into complicated grief you can take help anytime just talking to someone just letting it out you know uh, just like we let the steam out of a pressure cooker it's important to keep letting that steam out uh, to help contain our feelings and to manage them better i hope that made sense i'm sorry i spoke a lot <laughs> that's absolutely it's something that's that right. i'm going through right now so i mean and and it's collectively i know so many people are going through it absolutely absolutely but uh, you know as you mentioned the the pain of a loss uh, you know loved one going away from us is that's that's that cannot be compared to anything uh, even job or whatever right thank you so much for sharing that right so now uh, another thing which everybody goes through you know We, you, all of us go through is stress, right? We have various forms, various fact, contributing factors to stress. So stress and mental health almost goes hand in hand. Both discussions happen simultaneously. So can you explain how stress can impact all of us negatively, and how can we some some mechanisms to cope up with stress? Uh, like you rightly said, you know that. Um, stress impacts us all right uh, it's important to understand that stress is not always bad you know there is something right. called eustress so there needs to be a certain amount of stress a certain amount of um, tension uh, to push ourselves to do something it is the it is the push and pull factor in our lives which makes us so if i if i have a job to complete an assignment to complete but if i am not concerned about the deadline if there is zero anxiety zero stress what will push me to do that work so a little bit of push to propel us into action in the physics terms if i can say you know it it propels us into movement right. so that amount of stress is good but if that stress becomes bigger than the trigger of that stress which is my work my relationship then that's concerning if i see it is uh, impacting my physical health a lot of um, uh disorders which are now being seen in younger generation which were earlier used to be seen in you know people above 50 or 60 like high blood pressure diabetes heart problems um obesity uh, because of uh, not hormonal problems and because of um, uh, emotional eating you know so there are there are a lot of these conditions which one which can um, impact our body directly and then they can have an impact on the mind which can lead to anxiety disorders which could lead to depression um it could lead to a feeling of hopelessness helplessness that i'm not being able to handle it could lead to a lot of negative thoughts in our mind about our own abilities so if you notice thoughts like i can't do this so you're second guessing yourself there is self doubt or i feel the person who i am interacting with or my team or my other the partner uh, my partner my relationship my relationship uh, they could be thinking like this about me so i'm trying to mind read them they may have not given any signals but it's it's because that stress makes me put the spotlight on myself right and it makes me second guess everything something that i do and something and how others perceive me so these are all signs so physically it could be sweaty palms racing heartbeat palpitations uh 
in certain scenarios like an office setting or in a uh, or while driving which it's different for different people stress triggers and the emotional signs or the cognitive signs would be uh, tr you know you feel uh, hesitant you feel frustrated you feel helpless you feel hopeless and then you will notice these unhelpful thought patterns like um, mind reading the other person predicting or generalizing because i couldn't do something well uh, yesterday i will never be able to do that good again so black and white thinking so these are some thought patterns you can watch out for and if you notice it's happening a lot then these are exactly the areas uh, you will work on to manage the stress right. and you can do it by yourself uh, there are a lot of self care uh, tools available a lot of self help resources available and you can also do it with the help of a professional or a therapist all right so next thing which i want to discuss uh, which is again connected to this pandemic is social isolation and loneliness right most of us a uh, lot of my single friends especially they are all living alone and they have you know uh, they are facing loneliness on different scale altogether that's also adding to the mental health woes uh, of most of us uh, you know during this pandemic so how do you think uh, is there anything we can do to manage that part of that aspect of this pandemic um again i think um, it is something which has um, which has just entered our lives like a have to do thing because we are prioritizing safety and health so it is the kind of reasoning we give to ourselves as to first first step to addressing is the reason we give ourselves for being in this isolated situation you know why is it happening uh, and it's not just why me there's so many of us all of us are in this together you know that feeling that it's not just me alone there are a lot of people who are struggling with it helps build that connect in the first place with everyone else that you know i'm not the one suffering this by myself my friends my family members are also uh, dealing with it then uh, i always say that social isolation is not equivalent to emotional isolation you can always continue to connect with people uh, virtually i know it doesn't really have the same impact uh, i have had clients uh, talking to me about missing physical comfort coming from hugging or in the or just from the physical presence of another person specifically those people who have been left absolutely alone you know who do not even have roommates with them right now so it is indeed very challenging uh, for those people and i think uh, making efforts uh, to stay connected with their loved ones on a regular basis uh, even if it means a call i know it can be frustrating you could have shorter calls on a daily basis and a longer video call on the weekends and then having something to engage you with on a daily basis or at least two to three times a week of uh, uh, in addition to the work that you have so it could be uh, joining a cooking community it could be joining a gardening community it could be getting involved with some volunteering work if you feel one could do like i know some friends who are staying by themselves and they've got involved with um, serving food to the street dogs on the roads so they go out late in the night or early in the morning when the rush is to the minimum there are no people on the road and they go and serve food to uh so they often say that when you do volunteering work when you help uh, another being with their suffering it helps you give comfort to your own suffering as well so i would also recommend that and it also gives you a sense of community because you're meeting new people they may not be your friends your family members but you're still connecting with people in different ways and um, i also know because it now it's happened it's been over a year we are dealing with this right there was a brief break where we all felt yay it's over and let's get back to <laughs> meeting people and going out but then it again led to a boom so i think uh, some control would always be there so also understanding that some part of it will be present in our lives and it is um, it is a very difficult change one has to kind of live with so also whenever you get the opportunity Uh, and if your work and if your context allows you to go back to your place where you're with your like i moved from pune i had no relatives in pune my entire relative 
uh, friend circle is in Delhi, and my so is so my husband. He decided to leave Pune and come here because he realized that in this calamity, it's very difficult to stay away from your loved ones because you may need support, they may need support. Uh, so there are some bigger decisions to be made, which you can take later when things are better. Uh, uh, you know, Ill, the COVID spread wise, it's lesser. We've all got vaccinated. Uh, yeah, and get vaccinated, everyone. Right. That's the most important thing to do. The right. most important thing to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So uh, other term, uh, one of the terms which come whenever we talk about mental health is self-love, right? You know, self-love, everybody says, can go a long way when it comes to taking care of our mental health. So what, what are your thoughts on the same? What, 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 what does it mean by the term self-love? Yeah, self-love at one point, if we would have uttered, especially in our South Asian context, would be considered being selfish because we are a collective tribe. The South Asian community is very... We think collectively, we we talk about our feelings with each other. We're not from the individualistic cultures. But uh, uh, to break that myth that self-love does not mean you are going to be uh, pushing yourself away from people or it's not that, oh, I will be selfish. Uh, a simple example um, of uh, uh, self-love or self-compassion would be when you board an airplane and the instruction is put on your oxygen mask before you help someone else. Right. You know? So that is the key, that is the base from where this concept has originated, that unless your own cup is full, how will you pour right. from it for anyone else? You know? So uh, uh, if you remember the analogy I gave earlier, to think of an inner child, of your inner child, we all carry it at some point or the other. You know, um, in, uh, in some theoretical orientation in psychology, they say we have three parts in us. Uh, there is a child self, there is a parent self, and there is an adult self. Or there's another orientation where we say there is the id, ego, and superego. And id is compared to the inner child, which is I want it here and now. Right. No? And then your ego comes in and says, but you can't have it here and now. No? Uh, it's very difficult to have it. And then the superego will come and say, okay, fine. You know, you do not have that conflict with yourselves. You can have it, but we will have it with some delay. Until then, you'll have to manage your impulse. So we have, we already have these theoretical orientations which have talked about the concept of various uh, uh, levels in with, even within us where sometimes we are, uh, when we notice very difficult emotions specifically, if we consider those difficult emotions being displayed by our inner child, punishing, uh, being harsh will not help at all. Yeah. It could always make that inner child more stubborn. So what is going to help is uh, self-love. You bring in that love. Uh, you bring in some compassion for yourself and ask yourself, what is it that I can do in this moment which will help me deal better with this feeling? Feelings are temporary. They will pass. You know, uh, I may be sad in the morning and better in the afternoon and again worse in the night, depending on the context. But there is again something which I can control, which is what is it I can do in this moment to work on this feeling? You know, can I watch a funny video? Can I talk to someone? Can I give myself a foot massage, taking a warm shower to relax yourself or anything else that is your go-to calming or relaxing tool or exercise, a meditation, mindfulness exercise will be very helpful in addressing these feelings. Absolutely. I think self-love self is the most important kind of love there is, I believe. Right. Uh, you know, moving on, uh, since we are talking about, you know, times like these, you know, I wanted to know from you, what are the best ways one can leverage to make mental health a priority now? And what are some of the common activities that you follow or you advise to your community? I think um, conversations like these, like the one you're ha you've arranged for today, is one way to create awareness, to, to make people realize uh, so I think allowing these conversations even within our friend circles and groups by uh, checking in on each other yeah. regularly, not just for physical health, not just checking, hey, are you safe and all right, but also are you feeling emotionally safe? Are you being able to talk about your feelings? How are you doing today? How was your day? 
so having those uh, small talks or having those check-ins which otherwise feel very unimportant would be very helpful in these days you know uh, normalizing mental health conversations is very important so allowing so even at workplace like and i can talk about my workplace wise where we uh, the it comes from the leaders the founders the management team where we have a channel on uh, our communication platform where we uh, we we go and say today was a difficult day i couldn't do anything or i had these 10 goals listed i could do only one of them you know because i was stressed so when you uh, bring up these conversations um, and uh, in a larger space with your family members or with your team members and you're in that capacity where you can have some influence is a good way to kind of make people understand that mental health is a priority and one cannot be a robot constantly on autopilot doing things by the clock because one day that is going to lead to burnout and extreme uh, stress which will then in any case impact the physical health so even if this motivation is uh, you know can be uh, this motivational um, thought if we can you know kind of think of it like um, uh, it is going to impact my physical health some day so i need to make yeah. this a priority because i don't want to be in a position where i'm not able to look after myself or be physically independent in you know or or it let it impact my immunity in any ways the, those are some things uh, that come to my mind uh, with regards to how we can leverage these conversations and make it a priority uh, some things which i am doing is uh, i make sure i have a routine that is very important because working from home can make us feel available all the time it can make right. us also feel that what what if my boss is thinking that i'm sleeping away because i'm working from home but i'm not actually working so you give right. extra hours and if you see a colleague online at 10 pm but you are away that can also stir up some anxiety that, you know with regards to uh, oh this person is online and you know they're getting those brownie points but i'm not being able to get those brownie points so i think building those boundaries for oneself that i may not be spending 20 hours of the 24 hours working but i'm still able to work, give some deliverable uh, you know deliverables every day because i have a routine and even on some days if it doesn't go as good as i had wanted to there's always the next day which is coming up so prioritizing uh, the tasks um having a routine really helps uh, i think till uh, the pandemic had not struck i've been working for from home for the past 10 years um, t-shirt and pajamas were my dress to be in i only started to wearing uh, getting into formals ever since the pandemic started so that it gave me a sense of this is my work time starting when i'm getting into my formals and this is my work time ending when i'm getting out of my formals back into my t-shirt pajamas because i love to be in those those are my comfort things to go to so setting some sort of boundaries even for the workplace you could have a specific place to sit and work and then a calming corner for yourself in the house where you could just sit back and relax for a while uh, take frequent breaks in your day even if you're a homemaker you deserve those frequent breaks in the day so uh, because you're constantly tending to children doing their classes online and remembering their homework and conversations with the the teacher happening and checking if they're not on social other social media platforms at the same time cooking and then multiple things happening so again those boundaries are very important uh, that this is my time so again all of these are linked right my self love if i'm not doing this for myself then very soon i'm going to get burnout and then it will lead to stress and anger and frustration which is something i do not want in addition to what's happening already around us i think Absolutely. um building a routine and then doing whatever you like to do at some point in your day uh, some activities which are just for yourself just for yourself not not necessarily quality family time all the time the quality me time is also important uh, yeah and yeah and uh, i mean because we are staying in uh, some of us who are staying with a lot of family members in the house it's best if these things are talked about as well that if i'm not available at a certain point it is because i would be kind of recharging myself just like your phone needs charging and and i'll come back and i'll attend to this but for these 10 minutes i just want to be by myself and i think it also again makes everyone think about that and okay then what can i do 
how can I make my what can I do for my quality time? Yeah. Absolutely. So a lot of the most of the things that you mentioned are totally related, especially when it comes to work from home environment. It's totally different than why we were going to office, right? So I hope these points were listening to this. Then uh, you know, try to implement some of them. So that was pretty much about today's topic. Now I want to talk a little bit about your work and yourself. So uh, you know, the first thing which I want to know was you're a lead psychologist advisor and a chatbot that makes everyone feel heard. So when I was doing research on mental health experts, I came across this tool. It's a 3 a.m. friend and I've installed it on my phone uh, and I'm trying to use it. <laughs> so I just wanted to know, you know, can you introduce all of us to Isa? Yeah, so like you said, it's your 3 a.m. friend. Uh, right. that's, that's something that we introduced by the way. It's anonymous, it's very safe. When I say it's a chat, when you said it's a chatbot, uh, a lot of people may know what chatbots are because there are different kinds of chatbots now for marketing, sales, for different things. Uh, this is a mental health chatbot. And when we say chatbot, it's simply an automated program uh, where in the absence uh, of someone you can actually speak with, say you, say you do not want, sometimes we have these feelings that I don't want to share it with this person, what will you think of me? All right, I don't have anyone to talk to right now, but I'm feeling really stressed and I want to let it out. So Wiza is that platform where you can uh, talk to it at any point in time and actually about anything. So we're not really limited to mental illnesses. You can say I'm stressed. You can say I had a fight with my husband. You can say I had a bad day at work. So you can try different scenarios. We've tried to keep it very broad. Um, it's not uh, uh, designed... Um, I, I would say it's the world's largest co-design experiment because it's been designed with the help of the user feedback that we've received from day one. Until day we respond to every user feedback that we receive on our Play Store, App Store, or via mails. So say, for example, if you use it today and you say, I didn't feel heard when I said so-and-so thing. And we'll make sure that the next time you try it, you will find that now you're being heard for that. And that is how Visa has grown and the Visa community has grown, where... Uh, we when we launched it, we were very apprehensive about that. Who could talk to a computer? You know, it would be impersonal, and people wouldn't talk to it. But uh, within no time, within the first six months of its launch, we had about a million users already using it across the globe. And today, we have three million users for us. Wow. And uh, they're all coming and talking to this bot because, uh, like I said, it's it's kept with the user in mind. We are not trying to right now. We have a different work happening around clinical apps, which are evidence-based programs for specific illnesses or conditions. But this app is for everyone. And it also makes recommendations like, uh, you know, this is if there's a specific point uh, where it feels that it is something that you're bringing up, which it can't address, it will say, go and speak to a therapist. Okay. And uh, so it and it will also give you recommendations for a lot of exercises. We have like 150 plus tools and exercises within the app. Uh, for different scenarios like managing anger, for sleeping, and we also won the uh, best Google Play app of the year award uh, in the health right. category. And our sleep app, we also have a sleep app by Visa, uh, which has also been really appreciated by a lot of people. And they say they have been able to kind of, you know, getting better quality sleep since they've started using it. It helps you with sleep routines. It helps you with sleep meditations. And like I said, it has many other exercises in it, which will help build resilience. And we have a third layer, which is the human layer, uh, right. which are, uh, we have coaches or therapists. Uh, I have a team of about 30, 25 people. And again, the therapy offered is via text. So it's completely discreet. Uh, we don't collect any personalized da information data, like your phone number, your email ID. You can just simply download, enter a nickname for yourself, and that's it. And uh, we're following HIPAA and GDPR guidelines very closely. So it's very safe. Um, we don't keep, uh, uh, you know, we redact any personally identifiable information or health information from our databases, whether it's the therapeutic, the therapy chart with coaches or whether it is uh, on Visa. Right. Yeah, so I go think, try, use it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I installed it yesterday and uh, uh, the, the, Visa started advising me some visualization exercises, which I'm a big fan of. 
So I, I kind of looking forward to use it more. All right. So I I believe that uh, I believe that Visa tools like Visa are a need or a need of the hour right now because a lot of us we have our own apprehensions to talk uh, personal stuff with our friends that they make fun of us even to family members it's sometimes difficult. So you know, uh, my question to you is. How do you think Wiser can help individuals during times like these? And why I think everybody should look at tools like Wiser more seriously? See, one benefit, uh, if I can talk about some of the data that we got from our conversational analysis on the tools, we realized that uh, there are three chunks of people, you know, exactly. the ones that benefit from meditation exactly. uh, on one extreme, the one that benefit from medication on the other extremes of people with mental illnesses or people who have absolutely nothing but they just want to work on personal growth and build new skills like uh, how can I visualize, how can I work on motivation, just learning new skills. And there's a huge chunk of 60% people who are struggling but are not thrive, but, but are not being able to kind of uh, live their life as well as they wanted to. But they are in neither of the categories. They do have some problems, but they are still not as big to be diagnosed, thankfully, as a mental illness. And there's a lot of struggle. So what Visa does is, or tools like Visa, self-help tools like Visa would do is that, one, it bridges the gap. Because like you said earlier, there are not so many professionals available. And even if one would get access to this professional, you will only have sessions uh, spaced at least week, two weeks apart. And to begin with, you would need more support. Visa is not a replacement for uh, psychotherapy or psychotherapists or medication. So we would like to make that very clear. It only augments these processes as well. So we have clients who are in therapy, who are on medication, but are using Visa to practice the skills they're learning in therapy uh, with Visa because Visa has, like I said, a 150 plus tools and exercises, all from evidence-based psychotherapeutic methods like cognitive behavior therapy, dialectical behavior therapy, visualization exercises, mindfulness exercises. And then it also gives them that timely release of that steam that gets built up by venting out and feeling heard. So uh, in a way, when you're texting, you're also reflecting on your own thoughts. The minute you let your thoughts out and you read it, you're maintaining a distance from it. So that activity by itself is very helpful. A lot of therapists would say, journal your thoughts, right. write about your day. So that is what you're doing with Visa. And you're right. learning that skill on your own. So it helps you be emotionally independent and more resilient. Right, absolutely. Right. Uh, you know, so uh, guys, uh, if you need a 3 a.m. friend, uh, don't check in your Facebook, go to, go to App Store or Play Store and search for Visa and or else go to Visa.io, W-Y-S-A.io and check out the tool. It's fantastic. One of the best tools available. Uh, and try uh, using, try talking to the bot, which is much smarter and it will guide you through a lot of things. So try using that. So uh, we have come to the end of the show. So I ask this last question to every guest who comes here, which you already shared. Yeah, I know you had your own tough situation in January, etc. But how was the how was this COVID, entire COVID treated you uh, personally and professionally? And how do you think 2021 will pan out? See, when it started, uh, like everyone, I thought it will phase off, it will phase, phase out. There will be some point where we will return to normalcy, which was our normal ways of living. I had not thought there would be a second wave. Um, it was ignorance. It was arrogance about being a human winning over a virus. Right. It could be any of those things. Uh, but it's humbled. This whole experience has been very humbling that there are things we cannot take for granted, like our relationships, um, like our own self, our own health. Uh, uh, Every day, I, I have, I think, started believing in this motto that live your day as if this was your last day on the face of the earth. So live it to the fullest. Do whatever comes to your mind, whatever you want to do, can do in these particular scenarios. Uh, I'm not losing hope because history says that we have seen through many more catastrophic events 
which a lot of other species could not survive but we could but i think it uh, it like i said it's also made me very conscious about my purpose uh, which helps me with being more focused and more present in my daily life i try to help uh, people outside my professional you know i who i meet outside my professional uh, space as well because um, i think uh, i associate it with my purpose of my that's i think that helped me choose psychology as a field many years back so i'm sticking to it so i'm sure everyone has a purpose or value for which they have been striving and living that nobody can take from you that still stays so what are some things you could still do keeping that purpose as mine will help you keep going every single day it's that's what i am trying to do yeah. fantastic uh, it was such a uh, pleasure to, uh, talking to you and listening to your insights thank you so much uh, smriti for coming on the show and uh, i'll be in touch with you yeah thanks for having me and uh, one thing i would just like to say in the end that uh, don't worry if don't worry i won't say don't worry uh it's okay if things that um, i suggested today don't seem to work because uh most of these things are like skills you may need to practice them over and over again and you may need to try different things that suit you given whatever your context is and um, feel free to reach out uh, via Absolutely. vivek i mean i'm okay with the you sharing my social media things also i help a lot of people over dms as well so that's fine absolutely absolutely uh, so thank you so much vidhi take care and stay safe uh, you too see you soon yeah. yeah all right so that was vidhi joshi uh, how much of how much mental health knowledge she was carrying when she was sharing it's such a pleasure to meet such people on the show uh, we i learn a lot of things from uh, them and it's it's amazing to uh, hear them share their journey right we are all going through tough times uh, i want all of you to stay safe and there is two more fridays in this month so i hope to bring two more interesting guests this week talking about mental health till then self love take care of yourself and always stay safe thank you for listening to the thrifty marketer podcast For more exciting episodes like these, please follow The Thrifty Marketer podcast today. Now available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. See you next episode.